And I believe our God can move beyond our imagination. I believe it is only our God who has the capabilities of changing our life and situation. The reason why I had asked to kill the lights, and thank you for our volunteers who did that. The reason why I had asked to kill the lights is why I wanted you to visualize, visualize. Once we were in darkness, but the moment Christ stepped into our life, every darkness had to flee. Are you trying to understand this? Once we and our life was filled in darkness, we were engulfed in the wicked schemes of evil one and our, we never knew anything about the light. But the moment Christ stepped in, everything had to change because he pushed back the darkness and he has overcome every sickness and sin. My God has given us victory. And as I stand here today, I know in my spirit, my God is talking to some lives here. From very morning, the moment I stood here for Bible study, and I realized in my spirit that God is moving in this house, and I declare it, what you have come expecting, my God is going to answer to your life. If you are here with a question, you will return with an answer. If you are here with a suggestion, may I ask you, if you are here with just a suggestion, your suggestion depends on what Christ can do, and He is more than able to win every situation. Hallelujah. I am so pumped to be in the house of God. And every Sunday when I come here, I'm so filled with joy to see lives, to see families, to see young and old and everybody come together. And I, what I believe and I've been saying about our church, we are a multi-generational church where all generation, all generation, no matter what your age is, young and old, who wants to pretend young as well, everybody can worship God in truth and in spirit. Hallelujah. Can I, can I have a witness in this house? Can I have a witness in this house? Come on, my preaching is better than your praise right now. Can I have a witness in this house? Hallelujah. Once again, I love to welcome everybody to our Sunday morning service. You are not here by accident. You are here by the plan and purpose of God. And I believe that God wants to talk to each of you this morning. Are you ready for the word of God? Powerful worship. And we are here with some fine, young, handsome, good-looking men. One from Philly and the other one from Dallas. Thank you so much, Alan and Ronnie, for being with us. May the Lord continue to... Can we actually put our hands together for our worship team? They're amazing. They're amazing. They're amazing. God is good in the midst of every struggle of our life. It is the only thing that keeps us together. And it is the name of Jesus. And it is Jesus and Jesus alone. Nothing else can ever save us. For mankind's salvation, there's only one name that has been given. It is the name of, come on, say it with me, Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus is all powerful. He's all powerful. It's all powerful. I know stories where they just took the name of Jesus and evil spirits had to leave. Had to leave. I'm, when I say leave, it was not just they had to go through convulsions and it, they just left right there. Because when the name of Jesus is taken in any place, there is power in the name of Jesus. And as Brother Jijo was delivering that beautiful message this morning, with your faith, by your faith in Christ Jesus, look into your mountains this morning and be ready to cast it out. Because as long as you are ready to tolerate, you are, and your life will end up with these mountains. But today, look at those mountains. Do not tolerate it anymore. Look at those mountains. Look at those challenges. And let it know in the name of Jesus, move away from my life. Move away. 
move away, move away. Hallelujah. I'm so thrilled to bring, um, as I talked to you last week, we were looking into, we started a new series, part of our church, um, uh, looking into the DNA, the DNA of our church, the DNA of our church. And last week when I brought this message out here, I, I remember bringing up my point that our DNA does not trace us back to the church in Kerala. Our DNA traces us back to the church in the book of Acts because that's where it all began. And after that, we're all journeyed through in life's decisions and progress and process of life. And we have ended up in different places and we have our ideas. We have our systems that we bringing as baggages into every church setting that we get into but when we trace back our DNA we need to understand our DNA trace back to where God started it all together and last week you know as part of my message I mean, we were looking into more of the missional aspect of our DNA why in part of our DNA we have to align with the principles of the Bible and we as a church we as an individual we as a child of God need to be missional in our attitude we gotta be missional and last week I I proclaimed about how God in the Bible part of the DNA of the church in the New Testament church how he has instituted the very one word go into all the world go and proclaim the goodness all that you and me can do is to go all we could do is to go. And I'm thankful for people from our church who has been willing to go into places that nobody else could go. Who has been willing to go into situations where nobody else would dare to be in. And I'm thankful for another generation that is awakening who will make sure that you will go with your singing. You will go with your prayer. You will go with your word. You will go with the faith that God has bestowed in your heart and your life. And we will be a missional church because that's part of our DNA. That's part of the, so as I am, I'm, 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 this is part of my teaching series and as I'm looking into the aspect of Go or, or the DNA series of our church, the first part was the mission of the church that God wants us to be a church that is always on the go. On the go, wherever. And that's why, you know, uh, in a Malayalam service, I reminded sharing that I, for the month of December, all I am asking for the month of December, all for Christmas this season, I'm asking is $50 from you. Just $50. What I'm suggesting as a church we could do is that with that $50, don't give it to me. But with that $50 in your hand, prepare a meal for somebody. Invite them to your house. Someone who is in your neighborhood and never knew that you are a child of God. Invite them to your house. Invite them. Be intentional in your approach. When we talk about missions, we can do a lot of stuff. We can do a lot of stuff. But be very intentional. Praise the Lord. And some of the, one of the things that we have to understand is in every business, you make an investment seeing that there will be a return. Praise the Lord. I remember many, very, very, very early ago in my church, you know, uh, part of Bethel Church as we were there, uh, 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 we were all standing together and the ladies team of our church wanted to go out and minister. The ladies wing wanted to go out and minister and do something. And, and all the ladies brought a lot of stuff and everything and it was so good. They wanted to, they were ready to go out. And, and, and at that point, my dear pastor, Pastor M.A. Worgi stood there and he said, be intentional with every seed you will sow. 
Be intentional with anything and everything that passes through your hand into an unbeliever's hand. Why am I sharing this? The reason I'm sharing this is because when you invite somebody to your house this Christmas season, at least two families, give them a good bada khana, as in Hindi they would say, a good, 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 good Christmas dinner. Invite and share the love of God through your meal. Can we do it? I think we can. This is small baby steps that we could do to enlarge and envision what God has asked us to do. And we could be part of history, what God has begun in this church, in this house. We as a community, we can be a community of change. And change starts with you. Change does not happen all of a sudden to everybody. It is one person who has a changed life, a changed attitude, a changed lifestyle that can change everything else. And all I'm asking for this Christmas as a pastor of the church is to invite. I have already targeted two families in my neighborhood, in my street. All I have to do is provide the supplies to Anisha and she will break the best of the best. I know it. Some of the men, you can provide supplies. I know our aunties will make the best. All we are doing for Christmas is to reach out somebody. Somebody. You have to understand this is coming from a heart that is sold out for Jesus. It's coming from a heart that wants to see somebody coming to the saving grace of Jesus through the work of our church. If not, we have failed as a church. If not, there is no purpose for us to be here in this building. We can argue about the small little things and keep nagging about it. But this is the mission of our church. We need to do it. We need to do it. It's about souls that we exist here. Not about our fellowship or our community or us fighting with other local churches. No, that's not our identity. Our identity goes back to what the scriptures would say. Our DNA traces back to who Christ has revealed himself in the New Testament. It's all about people that he loved and God wants us to be a church that shows love. How can you love others when you cannot love your own brother and sister within the church? How can you show about and talk about love when you cannot love your own brother and sister? Stop it right now. Come back to what the Bible says. God wants us to be a church that loves. Loves without condition. Oh, when I was in the mighty clay, my Savior came down to save me. Not thinking I will change, not thinking anything that I will change my ragged clothes. But he just came, shed his valuable blood for me. And that's why we trace our history back to the scriptures. It's all Christ has done. If we don't go, the blood of Christ remains useless and waste. But we go making sure that this valuable blood of Christ can win somebody from the graves of sin to the salvation of the cross. And I believe it can happen in this house. It happens with one person, one person. Around 50 families were listening and many others listening to me online. Not everybody would understand the way and the wavelength I am talking right now. But even if there is one person who would say, Pastor, yes, we are with you. We are ready to go.
this season before 2018 ends, I want to share the love that has transformed me to somebody else. That is where I have succeeded as a pastor. If not, I have failed myself. If not, you have failed as a member, as a body of Christ. You have, we don't want to be counted as failures in this house today. I declare that we will stand up for the kingdom. We will stand up what rejoices us together with the word of God and we will move forward in the direction that God has asked us to be a church that shows love. I'm talking to the youngsters too. Maybe you can take somebody to Whataburger or Chick-fil-A. Give them a treat. Somebody whom you have never seen. Maybe picked up somebody from the street. Take them. Give them a treat. Share the love of God and tell them, you know what, this Christmas season, I want to spend my $15. I think you, your, your parents will give you $15 for that. I want to share my $15 with you. Why? Because I know my Jesus has given my life and I have been saved. There's somebody listening to me today. I want you to captivate by this word. My God who has transformed your life, he wants to transform somebody else's life through you. Through you. Hallelujah. And this morning as we look into the scripture, I want to bring your attention towards the next part of our series, which is like father, like son. We've always heard this, like father, like son. Early years, you know, I was in ministry and uh, a, a, a lady came to our house and my dad was in a, another pastor's meeting and my dad called me and he said, Mone, engage this family for the next 30 minutes. I'm like, dad, are you kidding me? This is the most craziest family I've ever seen. Only you can handle them. You know, part of pastoral life and ministry, you come across families. You come across people and you love people. But at the same time, some people are Really good, okay? So I told my dad, dad, you know what? You know, uh, I, I hope and I, <laughs> I hope you will come back very fast. I'll try to manage. And my dad that day took almost one hour to be back. And I'm like, what am I going to talk to this family? What am I? They needed a breakthrough in their life. They needed a breakthrough and they were a little messed up crazy family. Then I realized that it is crazy people that God needs. It's messed up people that can, you know, God can change their mess into a message, right? This family was there and, you know, um, I, uh, uh, you know, uh, some, somebody from our house came and gave them water. And after that, Chaya came in. And after that, they said, we, shall we make some food? Because it's almost one hour, right? And uh, they were all preparing. And I'm like, what can I talk to them? And all of a sudden, as I was talking, you know, the Lord led me to pray for this family. All you could do when conversations end is start praying. Right? So what I could do is that was kind of my getaway from the situation. I'm like, let's pray right now. And like a Pentecostal pastor, I stood with them and I, I started praying. Right at the moment I started praying, there was something that was happening in this lady. And the evil spirit started revealing itself and it started delivering. And before my dad could come back, before my dad could come back, the evil spirit had already left. You know, I was waiting for my dad to come. The evil spirit had already left. And this lady was completely redeemed, completely evil freed you know so my dad came back and the man who was there with this lady he stood up with uh, you know he was talking as we were having conversation and this is what he said pastor now I see you in your son are you trying to understand I see you in your son your son has so beautifully delivered 
my, my wife out of all the witchcraft that she was going through. What am I trying to bring your attention towards is like father, like son. In the New Testament, we come across the scripture portions where we understand Jesus was the replica. Jesus was the, 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 the shadow of God Almighty. In everything that God the Father did, Son Jesus Christ did. In everything, it just went hand along together because whatever God was, Jesus was also. And that's what we see in John chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. Let's read it. Jesus gave them the answer. I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. Verse 20, for the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than this. What a beautiful scripture portion as we meditate this morning. Part of our DNA series that we have to understand as a church family is our goal in our life is always to replicate. It's always to show who God the Father is through our life, through our action. And we see who is the best example. Who can, whom can we follow? Whom can we imitate here? It is Christ himself. What Christ does here is beautiful. He follows and he imitates God the Father. Whatever God the Father is, Son Jesus Christ is. What God the Father says, Son Jesus must do it. He will do it. What Father does, so does the Son. And that's what we are seeing in our generation. That a lot of young boys are growing up without a father figure in their life. My heart grieves whenever a child goes back to the mirror, looks into the mirror and he does not or she does not see a father figure looking back into or unto her. We have missed that in our generation that there are no enough fathers who can discipline and guide their children in the path of the word. And that's where the church should understand your responsibility. You become a father to the fatherless. What Christ has done is what we do. Because what God has done is what Christ has done. Are you trying to understand? We do what Christ has done. Why do we love? Because Christ loved. Why do we sacrificially give? Because Christ has done it. Why do we do things in our church Sunday morning? Because this is what Christ has taught us. And this is what he would have done. And we are doing it because we know our father has already done it. We are replicating. We are showing what our father does. And so does the son. Like father, like son. Praise the Lord. As a church, it's a joy that we are always marching together where God wants us to be. What is the point of us doing church if God is somewhere else and we are going in a different direction? No, all God wants us to do is draw nearer to him. As I draw nearer to him, I see the heaven and all the blessings that God has laid for my life. And that is what part of the DNA of our structure of our church. We need to understand that we must be a church that completely portrays the love of God in our society, in our people, near out, wherever we are. Whatever God takes us, we need to show that through our lifestyle. And I pray we'll be a church that doesn't come shortcoming of these qualities. Values are so important in our life, right? Values are so important. Values determine who you are. Values are something that you, 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 you practice and you can live or die for it. It is something that you, will, you don't want to give up because that's part of who you are. That's your value. That, that is part of your value system. Every family here has a value system. Every individual here 
You have a value system that you abide by, that you look up to, that, that you, you can die or you can live for the value system that has engulfed your life and molded your life thus far. Values are so important. As a child of God, we must have values in our life. We must have some values that are biblical and that is practical. Not very superficial. Sometimes as Pentecostals, we have very superficial value systems where nobody can able to achieve them. Nobody can ever achieve those values. Try to be simple. Try to be normal. But live a good life that portrays the values of heaven. Praise the Lord. Sometimes some of our, you know, I, 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 sometimes it makes me laugh. You know, sometimes I see, when I see people who portray values that are uh, 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 unachievable, values are something that you have achieved and you practice and you make your life adhere to it. No matter what happens, no matter what changes, no matter who changes, no matter who supports you or doesn't support you, but you are abiding by the values. And in the New Testament, we come across the Beatitudes of the, the, the Sermon Mount that Jesus was giving. It is the attitude of your heart that Jesus was introducing in the Sermon of the Mount. It is the value system of kingdom principles that Jesus was introducing in, in, in the Sermon on the Mount. What was he talking about? Yes, back in those days, the Jewish people, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and everybody, they had their own personal value systems. But when Christ stepped into the scene and he was teaching and talking to them the principles of the kingdom of God, he was introducing to them the, the way your heart's attitude must be. It should be, must be and replicate kingdom values. It should portray what kingdom is about. Be a kingdom person. Be a person that rejects everything of the evil. Be a person that runs away from anything that destroys your value system. As a child of God, as a church in the New Testament era, we have a value system that we abide by. Four things. Four things that I want to bring your truth to. The main four pillars of the values of our church in the New Testament, is number one, love. That is the foundation, love. Love because the other person looks like you. No, love because they don't look like you. Love because they don't smell like you. Love because they don't cook like you. Love because they are not talking the same language as yours. Love without any reason. Love them. Love them. That is the value system of a church and the church must identify its people from the outside must look at the church and say, oh, they have the cool lights. They have everything so good and looking good. They have the best of the best people. No, it's not about that. They should look about how you love your people. Value system. It's about the love that we can show. Sneham, Pyar, Prem. The love of God. Because it all starts with that one scripture that I mentioned last week. John 3, 16, 4. God so loved the world. That's where it all began. That's where we journeyed together. That's the story of the Bible. Can I tell you, Bible is actually a very simple message. Very simple message. Very simple message. Some people just go into Adam very deep. And they forget to come out of it. It is simple. It is simple. The only Adam... And the only thing that Bible talks about is how deep and how vast is your love. The unending grace, unmerited grace, the unfavorable. The, the, I was never, never, never worthy of it. But you just gave it to me. You just showed it to me. 
One, it's the love. The first principle, I want our church to be known as a church that loves. I want our youth group to be known as a youth group that loves. I want our families to be known as a family that, that, that loves. Loves without any reason. Loves people even when things are going not the way you planned and you prepared. It's okay, but it is going in the plan and purpose of God. Love them. Love them. Love them. Love people. Let this be your season. Let this be your season. That we show our love to everybody. Love people. Praise the Lord. Only God can transform somebody. Not you, not me. All we can do as a church is show who we are, who is in my blood I know. It is the blood of Christ who has saved me from eternal sin and who has restored my life. My DNA shows not of the devil who hates people. My DNA shows I am of the child. I am the child of God. He has redeemed me. Praise the Lord. Stotram. 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 That should be our faith today. That should be our goal today. All God has asked us to do is love people. Love them. Love them. Love them. Love them. We, we as a Malayali church, we as an Indian church, we as an Asian church, we need to understand God has asked us to love people. Love people. All you could do is to share your love. Share your love. And be sincere with your love. Because Bible has an entire scripture on love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient. Love perseveres. Love is not boastful. Love does not envy. Love is kind. Love is gentle. And this is what God wants us to do as a church of Christ in this generation. That God will raise up some leaders who will love people. There are people always who, who wants to talk. I don't care. All God has asked me to do is love. Sometimes what we, have, what we do is when people start talking about us, we go and fight with them. Why? No need. Let them talk. Let them talk. All we have to do is love them. Love your enemies is what Bible says. And that has become a principle of many armies now. Love your enemies. Love people who talk bad about you. Love people who does not appreciate you. Love them. Show your love to them. Kill them with your love. Come on somebody, that's a good word for you. All God has asked us to do is show our love to people. Show our love to people. So this November and December is seen as a as one. November of course it's Thanksgiving. And December as we are all approaching that in a couple of weeks. Is seen as the greatest uh, a month for a Christian church, you know, one of the best months for missions and outreaches. I, I'm just setting the ground ready for the missions that we want to do in the month of December. And I'm helping you guys to understand all God has asked us to do is to love. Nothing else. Number two, part of the DNA. Number two is the fourth thing that I want to share really quick. I'm going to go into the number two is the truth. 
the truth of God Almighty. We don't worship here in fakeness. When there is nothing, we cannot do a show up here. We can do a show, but we don't want to do, we are not about that, right? We, don't, we are not about a sh- putting up a show right here. We are about worshiping God. Bible says in John chapter 8 verse 32, um, uh, uh, people who worship in truth and the, uh, you will know the truth and truth shall set you free. Who is the truth? Jesus. He is the only one that can set your lives free. The truth of God is Jesus Christ. You know Jesus and Jesus will set your lives free. And that's what we want to stand as a church, that we stand for truth. We don't stand for false images. We don't stand for anything that is falsely accused. We stand for what is true and what the Bible has helped us to understand. We stand for truth and only the truth can set your lives on fire and free. Why? Because that's what the scripture helps us to understand. It's the truth that sets us free. Number two, we we are a church that adheres to truth. Number three, with truth comes fellowship. When we gathered yesterday at the one of our brother's house, uh, all of lot of our families came together. It was a fellowship. It was a fellowship. Why? Because one, there was love. And love breathed this, this truth, the sense of truth among brethren. And, and all of us came together in this house because we wanted to have fellowship. The meaning of satsang, in, in Arizona I started this Hindi fellowship, it's called satsang. The meaning of satsang is a fellowship of truth seekers. A fellowship of truth seekers. God has brought us all together as a satsang. What it means is a fellowship of truth seekers. Who is truth? Christ Jesus, he alone is the truth. And what we understand as part of the DNA system of our church is we fellowship here. Fellowship is so integral part of a church. We fellowship, why? Because it is God who has redeemed us. We fellowship, why? Because it's God's idea to bring all of us together. We fellowship, why? Because this is where we show our love and our unity. We love, we show our unity through our fellowship. Families have fellowships. It is good. Church have fellowship. It is good. We come together. We break the bread together. Why? Because we believe we are all partakers of one bread. Why? It shows in our fellowship. It shows in our fellowship. Number three was fellowship. Number four was transformation. What is the point of us gathering together if there is no transformation? What is the point of us coming together if there is no real transformation that takes place? Everything should point out together to have a transformation in your life. From where you were, you know, I, I, I love this is what Pastor Brian Houston from Hillsong was. Like, Come as you are, but you will live changed. You will leave changed. You will leave transformed. Come as you are. And a church setting like this, we welcome people. Come as you are. Come as you are. But don't leave as you came. Have a change. Have an encounter. And let God transform your life through the fellowship. Let God transform your life through the fellowship we have in this house. Let God himself transform. How does transformation happen? It happens with one person transforming. And it just changes over to somebody else. One person transforms, has a good lifestyle. I want to follow. There is something in you that is worth following. There is something in you that, is, that, is, that has attracted me towards you. Not because you're handsome. Not because you're good looking. Not because you changed your shoes. Not because you are. <laughs> not, not, not of all of those qualities. But I want to follow you because I see some transformation 
in your life. I see some transformation. Church is about transformation. Church is a factory where people are not only manufactured, no, no, not manufactured outside, but you are transformed here. You are changed here. Church is that place where fellowship happens and with fellowship, with truth and with love, your life is transformed. Just think about your life before 20 years, before 30 years maybe, or before you came to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Where were we? What were we doing? Just think about that moment. If God had not been introduced to your life, where you would have been? Something happened in your life. There's a transformation that took place in your life. And that's why you and me, we are gathered here. One, I talked about the love that is part of our DNA of the church. Number two, it is the truth. We worship God in truth and in, in spirit. We worship God because He is the truth. Who? Jesus Himself is the truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Number three, we have fellowship. Truth leads us to a group of believers that can sit together and have fellowship together. Without any other agenda, all that we know is that in the fellowship, it is Jesus who is in the midst. Any fellowship that you have, Jesus should be there. If you don't have Jesus in your fellowship, your ship is sinking soon. If you can't have Jesus on your side, your life is doomed. Have Jesus the core of any fellowship you and I are part of. And after fellowship, what happens is transformation. The reason why I appointed transformation towards the end is this is what we have to understand. And theologically, when I'm talk, you know, I have spent hours and I have spent a lot of money studying, right? Now, uh, you all have paid a lot of money to study, you know, maybe your nursing and your other stuff. But I've paid a lot of money studying Bible in Bible college. So theologically, we have to understand life is a process. You and me are not here because we had a complete U-turn in our life. Life is a journey. Sanctification is a daily process. And what we understand through that is in our truth and through our love, in through our fellowship, there is a transformation that happens in every individual on a daily process, on a daily journey. Sotram. Sotram. Nobody, nobody, I mean, people would change. That is really good. But it really takes some moments for people to change completely and turn their lifestyle to God and to continue to grow in who He is. How many of you and me, we have sinned even after we have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior? If you lie, you're sinning right now. Life is a process. We are transforming daily. There's an inner transformation that is happening every single day. Are you trying to understand? It's through fellowship. How? Because in our Kutaima, we have truth. In our fellowship, we have truth. We're seeking truth. Who is the truth? Jesus himself. Bible says, when you know the truth, the truth shall set your lives free. And that's where real transformation takes place. Why am I sharing this? I want our church to be known as a church that seeks truth. I want our church to be known as a church that loves people. Can I have the worship team behind me? I want our church to be known as a church that fellowships with people and seeks in truth. Because we know one thing, only truth can set your lives free. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. My heart grieves when 
when young children look into the mirrors and there is no father figure looking back into them. Fathers dictate the terms. Fathers mold the steps of a child. Father figures are very important. And I know there would be some of us here who don't have a father figure growing up in your life. And I am praying that God himself will be the father of your life. And I'm asking some of our, some of our uncles, some of our older men will stand up as father to, to the young men that is growing, to young boys that are growing in our communities. We need some strong father figures to rise up in our generation. We need those father figures. In the chaos of masculinity, it is a father figure that helps a child to understand who she will become in her, their life. We need some father figures. We need some father figures. We need some father figures. Part of the DNA of our church. Can we all rise up in God's house? Part of the DNA of our church. We are people who needs to show the love of God. What amazing thing it is. That our father. He showed his reckless. Unending love for us. He showed his love. He gave his love for God. So love the world that he gave and we are all holding back, not letting it go into somebody else's life. But this Christmas season, this Christmas, all I need, this Christmas, all I need is just that we become a church that is always on the go. I believe in the 70s or the 80s, the Beatles brought out a song and this is how they said, love is all, I'm not going to sing that. Love is all you need. Good song. But it was not rooted in God's love. It just means that love is God. Love is not God. God is love. We have changed our lifestyles and love is not God. God is, we love because He is love. It's the Father's love. It's the Father's love. And I pray some young men will rise up here who will father a generation. Some older men will rise up here and find out people who don't have a father figure in their life and put your hands around that person and let them know, you know what? I will help you. I will show my love to you. Why? Because this is what the Bible says. We're a church that loves. We're a church that seeks truth. We're a church that fellowships in truth. And we are a church that engages in transformation of everybody. It is a reckless, unending love of our Father that we need. Come on, people. Hallelujah.